This is a Federal News Network podcast. The National Defense Authorization Act is the most visible thing on which Congress is making progress, but it's not the only thing. Intelligence, the budget, and several procurement issues are of big concern to contractors. Here with his list, the Executive Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council, Alan Chavotkin. And I know, Alan, you've been all over this, and uh, we've talked about the NDAA, but there's real progress on a lot of fronts, still some movement to go. Give us your list. Well, at the top of it right now, Tom, is the National Defense Authorization Bill. The Senate's uh, completing its debate at the full Senate uh, level uh, by uh, tomorrow, on July 1st. The House Armed Services Committee is going to continue markup of its version of the legislation uh, with a goal of trying to get that bill done and then... Uh, on the House floor uh, when the House returns from the July 4th recess. So that's uh, typically the magnet for a lot of uh, not only acquisition policy issues, uh, but a lot of other uh, amendments as well. It'll be the 60th year, uh, well, 59 years in a row uh, legislation has been enacted. Uh, this is the uh, 60th year that uh, Congress is going to try to keep that record going. Uh, but as you said, it's not the only one. Uh, the the Senate Intel Committee has uh, approved its version of the uh, Intel authorization bill, and uh, that's important. It's got a number of provisions uh, regarding security clearances that uh, Professional Services Council has been working with the committee on for several months. Um, also commented on uh, some other provisions related to the backlog, and that's very valuable. Uh, and then, of course, we've got the appropriations bills uh Right behind in uh, mid-July, we've been working on a couple of provisions uh, with the House appropriators uh, on that as well. So uh, there's almost uh, an effort at getting back to regular order in the Congress, and that's a good news sign. Give us a couple of specifics on the Intel bill that are some provisions PSC wanted, professional services contractors wanted that might get in there. The most significant one is a provision that permits the government to share adverse information about an individual with the company where that individual works. Uh, so for too, for too long, uh, you know, you think about insider threat concerns. Uh, uh, if there is adverse information that the government knows about an individual, uh, the company should be able to know about that as well. You don't want to give access to information uh, if there's uh, adverse information about that individual. This is uh, carefully controlled. The individual has to consent, not with each time, but uh, in order to grant access, to be given access to national security information, the individual has to consent to allowing that uh, information to be shared. That's a really significant change. Another process that's underway uh, might begin to allow individuals to work on national security information uh, outside of SCIFs, outside of special controlled uh, facilities. The Army is testing out uh, whether cer- certain individuals, limited number, uh, will be able to work outside of those uh, facilities. And there, too, uh, as we've seen from uh, COVID-19, lots of people were unable to continue working because they couldn't access uh, national security information outside of these controlled facilities. So any uh, opportunity to expand that is going to be very valuable. Sure, I guess with some of the barriers restaurants are putting up, a booth in a diner could be a skiff one of these days. Well, that I don't know if it would uh, qualify, but uh, not too far away we're going to be able to 
uh, be able to isolate conversations. You think about some of those uh, uh, back to the futuristic uh, bubbles where you can isolate conversation. Uh, if you can do so, that may be a, a basis for doing it. All right. I can think of some conversations I would love to isolate. <laughs> We're speaking with the executive vice president and counsel at the Professional Services Council, Alan Chavotkin. And then there are some acquisition-related issues that are lingering from earlier NDAAs and other bills that the agencies have yet to complete the rulemaking and execution on. Well, that, you're absolutely right. And uh, these acquisition-related regulations uh, are really uh, critical to implementation of the law. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we've talked about in the past the section, so-called Section 889B. This refers to that section of the uh, fiscal year 19 National Defense Authorization Bill that pro- prohibits the government from doing business with a contractor that uses certain telecommunications or video surveillance equipment. Uh, we're still waiting for the, the law goes into effect on August 13th of this calendar year. Uh, and we're still waiting for the regulations to be issued. We had hoped that they'd be out to weeks and even months ago uh, for comment. Key issues in that regulation about the scope of definitions, what the term use means, and other provisions that are really going to be essential to how companies uh, analyze coverage and seek to comply with it. We're also waiting for rules on the DOD Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program, the CMMC program. It's been at the Office of Management and Budget for a couple of months now. Uh, And this uh, rule is critical because without it, uh, there's no obligation on companies to uh, implement some of the required changes to the CMMC program. Now, companies are going through the analysis uh, of the cybersecurity model technology levels and making those uh, changes, but this really translates that into the contracts. And last but certainly not least, uh, more guidance is necessary on the implementation of Section 3610 of the CARES Act. And as you know, this is the provision that provides for the reimbursement of contractors who had employees denied access to government facilities and unable to telework, exactly the circumstance I was just talking about with respect to that access to classified information. So we've seen a lot of guidance and rules issued, but uh, in May, DOD published uh, draft reimbursement guidance. We submitted uh, comments on that on May 22nd. Other associations and organizations did as well. Maybe something will come out this week or maybe next week, but until those rules are issued, companies won't know how to proceed with reimbursement, and many of the government and the Department of Defense, their own uh, personnel, won't know how to process them. So uh, lots in the queue. Uh, I'm worried about the floodgate opening up uh, too soon or, or all at once, uh, but these are essential, and uh, we hope that they'll come out uh, both individually and collectively uh, shortly. Well, that last one, the 3610 provision of the CARES Act on reimbursing contractors, I guess we thought maybe a couple of weeks ago that it looked like things would be opening up much more readily, much more rapidly, and much more widespread. But now with all the spiking and everybody scared again, it could be that this issue is going to linger for quite a bit longer. Yeah, there's a two related issues, of course, on the, on the spiking. One is, uh, can, are people able to return to work? Uh, in any way. And then the second is for those that have already been affected or may be affected yet to come, 
what are the processes for seeking reimbursement. Uh, on a related note, uh, we're working with the Congress to see if we can get an extension of the September 30 expiration date of Section 3610. We'd like to see that extended through uh, the end of the calendar year at least, just because, as you noted, uh, the spike in coronavirus is having effect in other parts of lots of parts of the country uh, and affecting individuals and, and companies as well that do business uh, across the nation. So uh, I think it's important, particularly given the delay in getting the guidance out uh, for a further extension. We don't have that yet. We're still talking to offices on Capitol Hill, and I think they're, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll find a way to, to proceed on that front as well. Alan Chavotkin is Vice President and Counsel at the Professional Services Council. As always, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.